Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. We drove as missionaries the long journey, 58 minutes from my house. So it was treacherous. Uh, we crossed seas, and uh, no, it was uh, I-10. There were, there were no wrecks, so we made it, right? And the, we, we missed the beach crowd, so we, uh, <laughs> we came. Uh, we have uh, so myself and my wife, Katie. Um, Katie is not here. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about why, but uh, in the back is Abigail. Would you stand up, Abigail? This is my 13-year-old daughter, Abigail. She has a twin brother, Aiden. Some of you remember uh, her being born and praying for her as she was in the NICU at, at USA Women's and Children's for about two months. We had been in Pensacola for a short time at this church, and then we're in Mobile, and, um, and look at her now. She's so lovely. And... Uh, her twin brother is not here. Uh, trying to get a 13-year-old up in the morning on Sunday is uh, virtually impossible. Um, but more importantly, uh, we uh, so we have the twins. And then um, after seminary, we, uh, we adopted little guy Josiah, who's here. He's in the nursery there. He's three and a half. And we were thrilled to have Josiah in our family. Um, and then, I guess, you know, a year and a half ago, I was at work. And my wife called and said, hey, well, what you doing? I said, I- I'm-, I'm busy at work. Uh, what's going on? She said, well, uh, I-, I need to talk to you. I said, yeah, I- I'm busy. I'm at work. Aren't you? Uh, she's, my wife is a counselor. I said, don't you have sessions? She said, yeah, I had a five-minute break, and I just wanted to tell you that we're pregnant. <laughs> and so my mouth stayed open for nine months. And, uh, and so we have an 11-month-old at the house right now who is not sleeping at all, uh, again, he was, and then he's not, so that's where she is, so the ones that haven't slept, uh, my wife, the, Judah is his name, he is delightful, uh, and then our son is at home, so half of us made it here, uh, we're thankful to be, uh, to be a part of this church and be a part of this place, um, I, I'm assuming you know, but the missions committee has, has supported us and been a part of us starting 
uh, Christ Redeemer Church in Midtown. I, I appreciated knowing you knowing the history about uh, about Mobile a bit. There's uh, I was uh, at Grace Community Church in West Mobile, PCA Church, uh, one of two PCA churches in Mobile, um, and I, my I was the associate pastor for four years. Uh, had an interest in church planting um, and trying to think about what that might look like. And we kept, I was over the small groups. Y'all probably have those groups that meet in the homes and pray and things like that and have meals. And, and we kept having this uh, growing group in the midtown, kind of downtown area, singles, young professionals, young married folks. Um, and when you, you know, I don't know how Pensacola works, but when you move into midtown or downtown, uh, you don't drive to Westmobile. It's like you become a snob, you know. Anything past I-65 might as well be Mississippi. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to go out there. So we had this group, and it was growing, but you can't invite your friends and your neighbors because they're not going to drive out to the suburb boonies, you know. And so uh, so the church and the elders were, were like, we, we need to plant a church. And um, and so they approached me about moving in to plant a church and to, to lead this small group of about 25 folks. And um, so we prayed. We went to the PCA Assessment Center, if you're familiar with that. It's in Atlanta, and they, they, they grill you about everything you've ever done and everything you've ever thought and uh, ask more questions than you can imagine. And uh, after a week later, they said, yeah, I think y'all would be great to do that. And so we, uh, we moved in. And uh, at the same time, um, a friend of mine named Ryan Alford, Ryan and Leanne, with five kids, they were... Uh, in Crestview, the, the PCA church in Crestview, well, he was a, the interim pastor there, and uh, he realized, part of this presbytery, that you know, he didn't really want to be the, a, a lead pastor, head pastor. He wanted to, he feels like he's a great come-alongside kind of guy, and I mean, he's the guy, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, I'm kind of like, this is like pretty much all I can do, you know, like a one, and he's the guy that can do everything, you know what I mean? Like, he fixes, he has a weekend off, so he, you know, he, he retiles the kitchen, you know, he... He redoes the plumbing, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I just like drink coffee and read a book, you know. I don't know. But he's just amazing at everything. So it's really a good. So he, he called me and he said, are you still thinking about that church in Midtown? And I said, yeah. In fact, I just did the assessment center. He said, well, I, I, can, can we join you? Can we come alongside? I, I don't know. It's going to take more money. It's going to take more startup. You've got five kids. How's this going to work? And we prayed and prayed. Yes, come on down front. Come on down front. <laughs> Already conversions. This is going so great. For all the Baptists in the room, we a couple rededications in there. But um, so they joined us. So Ryan and I planted, uh, I, I kind of play the role of lead pastor. He's the kind of associate pastor. Basically means he does most of the, all the things I can't do, and he does them really, really well. And, um, and so we, uh, in 2018, we, uh, we launched with, or we started with that group of 25 or so. A core group, and we met every other week for six months talking about uh, what, what, what does it look like to have a church in Midtown Mobile. And, you know, it's funny, I, I had to go on this tour of, of raising support, and, uh, and you know, our Presbytery has churches like, uh, like you guys that supported us, and Eastern Shore Presbyterian. But we have, you know, a lot of the small little beach community churches, and we just don't have a lot of the big churches that, that's... So we ended up in Birmingham, of course, and Briarwood and Oak Mountain and all these churches and asking, please, please, please give us some money to start this church. And, uh, and then they're, they're all kind of like, man, why do we need a church? In, another church in Alabama, you know, like, come on, we got so many churches in Alabama. 
And so I, I had to do the, the work of the demographic work of, of Midtown. And what was said earlier is so true. Um, there is Midtown and Downtown, this growing, you know, we're in a difficult financial place now, but growing uh, financially, numbers, young professionals, people are moving in, engineers, architects, you know, the, all the USA Medical is right there. We have a large medical presence. Some of you know Kim and Dwayne Baxter. I think you all supported them. Actually, Dwayne is one of our first elders, uh, so he is, uh, does a great job. But um, so we're, uh, you know, we're looking at it, and the, in, in Midtown, downtown, where it's thriving, um, there was uh, one uh, uh, EPC church, so reform, that was kind of on the cusp of Midtown, but it was a, a West Mobile congregation that found a building kind of on the edge. And then in the Midtown area, there, there were no... Uh, there were no Reformed churches. There were hardly any evangelical churches. There was a bunch of, uh, there was five kind of mainline uh, uh, you know, church, Episcopal churches that were dying. And um, there was one big uh, kind of, I don't know how you say it, kind of power uh, Methodist church that had a lot of the, the city officials and people like that. Um, and then there were the Catholic churches, you know, everywhere, everywhere. You know, on, on our street um, in Midtown, most people aren't churchgoers, but if they do, they go to the Catholic church. Um, and so, uh, which is kind of fun because we meet on Sunday night. So we're outside on Sunday morning too, you know, and they're like, I thought you were a pastor, you know, <laughs> kids are riding bikes and they're like, so we, uh, they, we confuse them for sure. Uh, but they, uh, so we started doing the work because I'm in, I'm in uh, Briarwood and I'm thinking, you know, I've done all this work and I'm like, you know, we're, I made the argument that if there was the least churched part of the state of Alabama, Mobile would probably be the city, you know, Birmingham, Montgomery, you know, it's good old, good old Alabama, right? Huntsville, up, up near Nashville, Church USA, but Mobile, uh, uh, in particular the midtown downtown area, was a, a very dark place. There was not a lot of church presence. This kind of, I describe it as kind of, and probably Pensacola would have this. It's like, you know, you got third good old Alabama, you know, kind of grew up in the Baptist world, kind of pull your bootstraps up. You got a third kind of the beach bum, you know. They're gone on the weekends. They're not going to church. You know, they're on the boat. But then you got a third, that New Orleans thing, right? You know, downtown Mobile, all the, all the streets look like French names. And the, the Catholic, let's party, Mardi Gras, we're going to party hard you know, for a month, and, and drink, our street does that, we block off the streets, and it's like grown men that are uh, well respected in their community are just hammered walking around the streets, and everyone's fine with it, it's like, this is normal, well, there's dad falling down, it's like, you know, tomorrow he's going to be in his office, and you're going to, you know, ask him for financial advice or something, it's a, it's a weird thing, right, it's a weird thing, and so we, uh, we, being from having Westmobile was like a different. It was like a different world, and um, there had been several. What we found is there had been several attempts at churches, church plants. There was a, a, a Anglican church that tried to plant there, and and uh, and and, and uh, actually some PCA folks tried to help them, and it faltered. And there had been two or three other kind of PCA efforts. Uh, an OPC church tried to plant, which is interesting, and. The, that 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 and and, uh, and so we we realized very quickly this is kind of a dark, a dark place, a dark place. And so, um, you know, we had the encouragement from our session. We had Ryan calling me. We had the church assessment 
And so we were kind of like, well, I guess we should do this. <laughs> I don't know. So we, uh, we moved in to plant the church, and, um, and it, has been, it has been a challenge uh, and really a, a delight to, to plant the church. So we launched our first service uh, the, in October of 2018. Um, and so we, um, on, in last... Of course, we all had the COVID thing, but in f- March of 2021, we, ha- we particularized, which is what we call in our denomination means it's a really fun word. You know, doesn't that get you excited for mission? We particularize, you know, it's got to be a better word than that. It's like a bunch of men in, you know, Navy blazers shake each other's hand on stage. It's, so we, we, uh, we actually went downtown and partied afterwards. It was great, but we had... We particularized. We became our own independent church, with a, uh, independent in the sense of governing body of elders. So we had our first elders, and then in the fall we added deacons, and um, we are in our third building. We were in one, and then we, we got displaced with COVID, and we had a temporary, and now we have a place which hopefully, uh, Lord willing, the next year we might be able to purchase. So you can pray for that. That will be a big, a big thing. So... Um, so yeah, that, that's a little bit about us. We, we, it, it started with, um, um, we got these people in Midtown, and they're, they're knowing their neighbors, and they're, they're coming to their home group, but we can't get them to the church, and so let's, let's move and be there. And uh, as we saw more and more, we realized there's just an overwhelming need. And, and that's surprising, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm very big in, in missions, and world missions, and supporting missionaries. I mean, we need the gospel to go. Um, but it's, it's strange how there are places and pockets right around us that, that don't know, and they've, for whatever reason, they've been uh, cornered off, and uh, we, we found our, our street, you know, I mean, won't make any statements about it, but, the, you know, all through our street, there's uh, a lot of activism, a lot of, uh, you know, rainbow flags, and a lot of Black Lives Matter, and a lot of protest, and I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, that's the, the environment, and so the spiritual climate has taken that kind of trajectory, too, um, and, uh, and so it's been interesting to learn. Uh, Judy asked me to explain Christ Redeemer Church, why, why the name, one is because there's no other names left in Mobile of churches, you, you know, every other name was taken, but we, uh, we liked, we said from the beginning, this is Christ Church, so we liked Christ Christ Presbyterian is taken. That's out in Westmobile, the only other PCA church. There's two, and now we're three. Um, and so we like Christ is central. This is what we talk. This is what we preach. Christ and him crucified. This is, this is it. That's all we got. You know, we, we got no other message. Um, so that was uh, Christ. And then uh, Re- Redeemer was the idea that uh, uh, Christ the Redeemer is an Episcopal church in Westmobile, but... So we took the article out. Christ Redeemer. Redeemer is Midtown Mobile used to be pretty prominent spiritually. They used to be vital. It used to be a place where, you know, as everything moved west, this was the, there was a hub. There was revivals, uh, a lot of in the Baptistic world, but very vibrant people. And, um, you know, Mobile has 10 or more PC USA churches. They've, um, you know, m- many of them... Um, are dying and so forth, but they, uh, but it used to be prominent, uh, and yet now you go there in Midtown, there, there's, it's a strange place, it really is, you, you cross 65 to Westmobile and you see the churches start popping up and there are places, um, and, uh, and so what would it be great if the Lord redeemed this place, 
Like, what if we could be a small part of this redemption? So, Christ Redeemer, and then church was pretty easy because that's what we are. We, uh, we, we, we didn't, uh, we did, it was funny, we didn't do Presbyterian because that would have been really long too, but we, uh, that's such a, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I'm thoroughly Presbyterian, uh, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but but we the uh, it was such a, as we did kind of a survey of people meeting people it was such a negative word either no one even had any idea what that meant it just sounded boring or it had a terrible connotation because of uh, around us the central prayer a big church um, which is you know is is kind of a one stop shop for about a thousand nonprofits now I think they're just trying to stay stay alive. And then there's Government Street Press and these, these churches that were once these, these pillars. Uh, and so everyone thought, man, Presbyterian. Oh. Either it was really, really liberal theologically or they'd never heard of it. And so we just kind of avoided that, uh, that label. But um, So that's it, Christ Redeemer Church. Um, I thought I would share just a few. Uh, what, what, what time are we doing this till? Do we know? How long do we have? Oh, you got my wife. You're so great. <laughs> Man, you should go on more of these. This is fun. Um, I thought I would just share, like, lessons learned. I, I don't have, like, I don't have a manual. I'm not like, this is, I mean, we've done some of these things well. Some of them we haven't. So uh, this is not, honestly, it's, it's, it's funny. We're, we're missionaries, but our, our, essentially our goal is to be like you. <laughs> you know, like, we want to be an established, faithful church that's doing ordinary things, like, Worship and prayer and meeting with God. So, um, so this is things that we've tried to do, things we've learned. Maybe it'll be helpful for you guys. Um, but uh, the the first thing I would say is that we learned, and I mentioned, you know, Christ. But it uh, it we learned it's God's church. Um, there's a lot of pressure on church planners. You, you, know, you do all this assessment, you raise those money's like. Go win the city, you know, and you have these church planners that parachute in, you know, big places, and they've got expectations, and they've got, they've raised two million dollars to be in Boston, and they got all these people back home supporting you, uh, and then they've got to go, and they're like, what do I, how, well, I don't know what to do, I'm going to a coffee shop, I'm like, hey, what are you reading, you know, like bumping into random people, like, what do you do, how do you start this, let's start a soccer team, I, you know, and so there's all this pressure, and we realize, like, this is the Lord's church. Um, I, I said with our core group of 25, like, uh, you, come be a part of this. Pray with us. Uh, there is z- zero guarantee that this will be successful. <laughs> like, we're n- there's no, I can't be like, let's look at chapter, uh, there's nowhere that says Christ Redeemer Church is going to be, fa- you know, successful. It, the scripture says uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, right? right? And the kingdom is being built, will be built, is being built, and we pray our church is there 500 years or, or till the Lord returns and is a faithful witness, but there's no guarantee that it will happen. <laughs> so uh, it is his church. It is his people. It is what he is doing. So it kind of gave us a freedom to say, like, let's go for it. It's his. It's the Lord's work. It took the kind of the pressure off. And part of our mission statement at the end, you know, to enjoy him, to love our neighbor. And the last part says, you know, to join with the movement of God in the city and around the world, to join. We thought that was really important because when we got to Midtown, you know, we, we, we you know, uh, we, we didn't get like a big parade. Like everybody wasn't like, y'all are finally here. We're so glad, you know. We've been waiting for y'all to show up. 
right? I mean, non-Christians could care less. What's, what, what are you doing? Plant? That, that's weird. Y'all cult. You know, other Christians were like, we already got churches. Like, what do you, you know? There was no parade. There was no, and so we said, you know, God, we, we have all this doctrine, right? God's sovereign. He's, his providence, his purposes, his plan. All these signs were leading to do it. And we're like, well, he's here. He's working. They're Christians. They're ministries. They're movements. They become sticky places doctrinally. You know, who do you partner with? Who do you not? And all that kind of stuff. So we've kind of had to work through some of that. But, um, but God is at work. So we're planting. We're asking for a faithful witness, a presence. But we're joining with what he has been doing, is doing. Let's look for his hand and let's join to it and be a part of it. Um, and it's his church. And I, that sounds like, you know, 101. But that is so freeing from a pastoral standpoint. It is so freeing to know that Christ is building his church. So that was one thing that's, that really hit us early on. The second thing, um, I guess, lesson learned is that, uh, and again, these, these, are, these are basic, but they became real. Um, suffering and trials are part of the journey, right? I mean, they are part. They're not a distraction, right? Um, it's like parenting when, you, you know, my, my day off, I'm, I'm helping with the kids, and it's the hardest day of the week. You know, you're like, i got to go back to work to get some rest. Um, but, you know, while you're, while, they're doing, while you're trying to do whatever you are around the house, they're making a mess and doing whatever, and, and you're like, okay. And you know, it's kind of like a distraction, but that's actually the real thing, like sitting with them and helping them and cleaning up. and Let's put the blocks up again. And, like, that's, you're doing it. That's the work. It's not the side note. That's the parenting. That's it. It's not, you know, family devotion to the dinner when everyone's kind of like, yes, Father, read more of the scripture. You know, like, that, that's great. That's great, but it's in, the, it's in the stuff, right? It's in the thing. And I think, um, you know, uh, we're not a Presbyterians. We're not a prosperity gospel type, you know, health, wealth type stuff. But I think is we do have a... All of us, kind of, if we use evangelical, if we use that term, have a um, have a prosperity light kind of thing, you know. Like, if we do this right, then it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? Like, we do get the right doctrine, get the right things, do the right things with our kids, get the right school, then it's going to work out. And 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 uh, you know, there's some truth to that. I mean, we have Proverbs that says there's two ways to live. If you go down this path, it's it's basically going to turn out this way. Choose this way, and it works out, mostly. <laughs> but then you have Job, right, and Ecclesiastes that, that pulls the curtain back and says, sometimes you do this the right way, and it, and it ends up over here. There's, 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 there's dynamics. There's things going on. There's a spiritual battle going on. There's a war um, happening. Um, and so we, we uh, you know, we, there's a reaping what you sow, that's true. But there's also suffering and trials, trauma. That, that is the way of Jesus, right? There's always the death before the resurrection. And in the journey of life as a Christian, as a church, or, there's always death, there's always struggle, there's always brokenness, there's always weakness. Um, and so it's a part of that journey. We, Paul, uh, Peter says it in First Peter, don't be surprised, brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. Like, like, this is going around all of the world with Christians. And we, you know, when we talk about our trials or suffering, they're, they're so minor to what we hear around the world. But it's happening everywhere. This is the way of the kingdom. This is the, the gospel way, is trials and, and suffering. And 
you know, just a little bit about our, our story, um, share a little bit about Abigail, but we, the, uh, the month we planted, or the month we moved out from Grace to start our small groups, uh, my mom, my mom died. She had a, she had, she had had a stroke a few years before, but it had been fine, and she fell, and uh, the, the first month had a brain bleed and, 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 and died, was in a coma, and did the pull the plug thing, and a, a month in. This is a fun church planning journey, you know. And then that summer, Orion, the other pastor, had diverticulitis and was out for three weeks and was sick. And then he got better. And right when he got better, he had a, a, a massive brain bleed. Uh, his wife called me uh, at 8 in the morning. He was supposed to meet at 8.30, and she called at 8.15. She's like, something's wrong with Ryan. You need to come. So I came to the house, and he, he stumbled out, and we rushed to USA and USA Medical and... Uh, they didn't plan this very well. They have two neurosurgeons. One was on vacation and one was in surgery himself, having surgery. So they flew us. So they flew us. They did a scan and said, oh, this is bad. And uh, they flew us to Sacred Heart, actually. And he was here for a couple of weeks. And we didn't think he would ever be. I, mean, I, was, calling the, I was calling Dave Anderegg. Y'all know Dave. At, uh, hey, what's the disability policy? How's that work out? Because I don't think Ryan, I mean, we didn't know he was going to live, talk, do anything. And. Um, a lot to that, but, uh, you know, six months later, he was better, and he's still, you, you probably wouldn't know, we know, but he's better than he, than he was, and, you know, he has five kids, and he's telling me, getting on the helicopter, take care of my wife and kids, and I'm thinking, I don't know about this church plant thing, like, I, this might not be a great idea, um, and so we, we kind of, we, we, we traversed that, and, um, thankfully he's, He's much better. Um, you know, we had, uh, the, y'all heard of COVID? Y'all heard about that thing? Um, that, we had that thing. And, uh, you know, we had all the USA medical people, and they have strong opinions. And then we have all these wild, wild west. They have their opinions. And we're in the middle, like, I don't know. I got zero science. I'm just trying to plant a church. Like, I don't know. Come sit, spread out, mask, you know. So we had did that. And, um, and so we had gotten to about 100 people, and from our 25, and then we dwindled. Are we going to meet again? We had a couple outdoor services. You know how that goes in the Gulf Coast. You know, it's either 110 or it's raining, you know. And so <laughs> that was a disaster. And we found another place, and, and it was just like, what is going on? And then, uh, and then, and then the, in the fall, we, we were finally, this fall, we, were, we had particularized. We had great elders. We had, you know, deacons were coming on board, and we had a building that was stable situation. This is okay, Lord. We were about 125 people. We're growing. Got tons of kids and young couples, and this is great. And then, um, then, I, then I, you know, I got a call uh, the Sunday um, before, or the Monday of, before Thanksgiving, and uh, my sister, my sister died um, tragically. And um, it's a long, complicated story. She's a year older than me. She had, she was my mom's kind of uh, caretaker, and um, she moved up to Washington State after my mom passed. Um, to kind of start over a little bit. She, she had a, a, a job here, but she could transfer. And uh, so she went up there. My, I have a half-brother that lives up there. And, uh, complicated story, but she, she, she died uh, really, really tragically. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's like, Lord, <laughs> uh, three and a half years, Two, two, two deaths, you know, my, my father was, is deceased, so my, my dad, and my mom, and my sister, 
other pastors about to, you know, to fall apart. I had knee surgery in there. We had COVID, <laughs> building, money. Like, it's kind of like this has got to be your church because we, we are falling <laughs> apart. Like we have no shot at this thing. Uh, and then you, you realize somewhere in there that this is the, this is the path. It's, it's inside out, right? I mean, the, the, we want to go do all this great work in Midtown. Let's, let's save the pagans, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no, we, we got we to, gotta, there's a lot of internal work. There's a lot of rooting out and changing and trusting. There's a lot of um, surrender that has to happen. And so that's been a big part of our story. And I think, you know, I think what I've learned and a mentor of mine says this is, we, we only come to God in pain, right? I mean, we don't come to God. We come to salvation because we feel the guilt, the weight, the conviction we come. We, we pray because we, you know, financial issues, our kids, our money, you know, house, job, you know, health. We're pain. We feel it and we come to God. And yet, we have so many things around us. I'll preach a little bit about this that distract us. As soon as we start feeling the pain, we turn on Netflix, we go to the beach, we call a friend, drink a beer, whatever we do, I don't know. We do something to avoid the pain, but God's just constantly putting these trials before us that we would turn to him and trust him. And so it has been an incredibly humbling process. Um, but uh, the, the other side of that, the suffering and trials, and I need to move on, is that, uh, is that that's kind of how the church has been built too, is that we've kind of become a collection of people we've got Folks that are going through divorce and people that have lost loved ones, people that have struggled with addiction. And it's kind of like, oh, this is not just our story. This is like the story of the world, the broken world, right? You, you know it. I mean, your cancer, you know, wayward teenager, college kid, lost job, COVID, you know, whatever, health, we, we, so many. And so it kind of said like, Maybe we're just supposed to be present and have eyes to see what, what's going on and walk with people through difficulty. And, and, and so we've tried to do that. We've tried to be aware, and, and it feels like in some ways the church has been built out of pain. Um, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. So I don't know. The third, third thing I want to say is uh, we learned, or are learning, is just the focus on the depth of leadership um, my experience in ministry has been that most of our issues in church and splits and fights is, is not over theological stuff. Sometimes, sometimes. I mean, maybe at like a denominational level, but that's, that's a different story. But locally, it's normally over relational stuff, right? It's over conflict. It's over uh, a lack of forgiveness. We don't know how to bear with one another. And so we, particularly our church is a lot of young people and they're, they're looking for certain things and someone hurt my feelings so I'm out or I'm gone and I just kind of shop around. Um, and so the, one of the good things about COVID is we had just had uh, elders nominated. So we had like basically that whole 2020 year, we did elder training and um, we, just, we just went deep and went for the heart and said, and not just elders with deacons, but with also other lay leaders. We have a, a servant ministry team of men and women that assist the deacons, and we just said, let's just, let's just vest in that leaders. As we go, the church goes. If, if we can't do relationships, if we can't do conflict, if we can't forgive, if we can't bear with one another, if we can't keep short accounts of our sin, the church has got zero shot. And so we just tried to spend um, a lot of time 
Um, you know, churches want, like, when you plant a church, you do it because you don't want to be like the existing church. You want to do something missional, and, and then you don't want all the programs, and then you get there, and then everybody wants programs. And like, my kid, my youth, what are we doing BBS? And, you know, like, I, I don't know. When do we have, we don't have anybody to run the nursery? You know, I don't know. And, uh, and you have all these kind of expectations, and we just say, like, we just got to pull that back, and we got to look really deep with who's here. And that's slow. It's not the, 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 big, the big church model. It's not sexy in the way of like, oh, let's go do all these things. Let's just go deeper. And so we've done that. I think that's been successful. I think that's been um, a good thing. Um, and, I mean, Scripture's full. Paul's writing constantly about the way we relate to one another. And, hey, ladies, fighting over here. Y'all work it out, you know. <laughs> What he says, go to a brother, but do it in gentleness and humbleness, because you, lest you fall, right? Don't, let's take the pride. Let's just walk into this. And so that's been a big piece for us, is trying to do leadership. Um, fourth, uh, I think, and, and I think this is true here from my experience, but we've tried to cultivate just the community aspect of the church. It's similar to what I said with leaders, but I, I think we're doing mission, you know, this idea of mission, which all churches are missional, but... Um, our greatest apologetic, apologetic really is the love we have Amen. for each other. I mean, Jesus says that, right? You know my disciples by the love you have for one another. I mean, you got these people in Midtown, they don't care about the church, but if they, all they hear is us bickering and fighting, they're like, what's the deal? I mean, it's, it's even a knock. I, ha, I have a, it's a bit of an aside, but three houses down is a Catholic priest. He's 70-something retired, and we have coffee once a month. That's interesting. Uh, I thought it was just pleasant, but he started drilling me with questions and, and, uh, man, we're going to, like, do this. This is like, you know. And uh, I, he told me the Reformation was, uh, you know, much ado about nothing. And then we, then we started talking. And we have, I, said, I think it's kind of important. Um, <laughs> but uh, he says, you know, which, uh, you know, he kind of jabs me. He's, he's a great old, old guy. He goes, what, 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 what type of Presbyterian are you? There's, like, three or four different types. What's the deal? You know, how many, I can't keep up with all the denominations. And I, I'm like, okay. You know, I have to say, you're right. It's a problem. You know, we've split and split and split and split. And, of course, I say in, in humility, the, the, the problem greater than the denominational problem is the Catholic doctrine. You know? <laughs> so we've got some things wrong, but we just got, you know, and he kind of laughs and whatever. But, um, but, but it's true. Like, there's a splintering and a breaking. And, a, you know, we, like, we got to kind of own that. And, um, and so, as a community, how we engage, how we love, how we talk, Sometimes as Presbyterians or Reformed type, we, we can act like the, uh, you know, the, the fair, you know, the Luke 18, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, they go to pray. And um, the Pharisee comes really close and lifts his head up to heaven. Lord, thank you that I'm not like other men, you know. I pray twice, you know, five times a day. I fast, you know, he kind of goes on and on. And, uh, you know, and the Pharisee, he, I mean, the tax collector, he can't even. He can't come. You know, it's just shame. It's just too much. He just he puts his head down and he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Right? And Jesus said, this is the one that went away justified. And sometimes we can be like that. We made it, we, we, thank you, we got our doctrine right. You know, we got a good ecclesiology. We don't have, you know, all these, we got el- plurality of elders or whatever we have. We've got all these kind of ducks in a row. Um, but we don't have a disposition of love and and my experience of this church has been the opposite. It is such a warm and welcoming place. And I think that is such a huge piece, um, which we're trying to cultivate that. And that is cultivated. That is a gospel fruit where you come in. And I come in this morning. Obviously, I'm speaking. But 
five people jumped and say, hey, and meet the kids. And you do that with visitors. It creates a way. And then, and then as, you, as a church, you talk about, talk about people and, 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 and outsiders and, and non-believers differently. I mean, the, the, I mean with grace and humility. Um, I mean, I, the church service is primarily for the, the edification of the saints to be built up through worship. But we know there are people all around us that are watching and here listening. And so we have eye and, and we're aware that they're there and we talk in a way and we, we're always asking the question, what type of people do we want to be? Who do we want to be? What does it look like? So we have, you know, neighbors that come. You know, there's a, a young, uh, two, two doors down, our, a young uh, lesbian couple with two kids. Uh, that's hard to explain to your kids. <laughs> where did the kids come from? You know, we're having to talk. They come to church. They've come a couple times, and, you know, we, I don't know if they'll come back. We're trying to engage them, and uh, people are welcoming, meeting them, and obviously there's very different views and understanding of that, right? And we're, we're trying to figure out how to have that conversation in a way. Um, but trying to create a community. My, my wife, you know, the good counselor that she is, she, she always says to me, she says, just remember, Pastor, you know, when you get up there to preach, about half the people you're looking at have been hurt by people like you. You know, my friend Zach says, by God talkers like, like us. So people are wounded. And it's playing out in different ways, and we, we label it this and we label it that, but it's just the brokenness and sin coming out in the various ways. So just, just don't, 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 you know, don't waver on the truth. We're bound to the truth. We're bound to the scripture. That, that's settled. We're not going to compromise. But just know how you speak, how you talk, how you talk about other churches, how you talk about other people, I talk about particular sins. It, it matters because people are there. They're watching. They're observing. And we want to be lovers of God and lovers of people. So um, I think part of that's a humility to own our own story and our own struggle and sin. i got five minutes. You're so good. You should really. You're really good at this. Um, the next one, I'm almost done. Uh, fifth, this is for you to encourage you um, Stay boring, um, or, or maybe I should say, stay committed to the ordinary means of grace. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. There was about, about eight months after we planted our church. There, again, there weren't many church plants, and now there's a couple others. There's a kind of Reformed Baptist, and there was a, but, but eight months after, a church was planted, and it was uh, one of the big non-denominational multi-site things was planted, and it was really close to us, and I mean, uh, and... They, uh, I mean, they, they this facility is amazing. I mean, they, they, their sound equipment was probably half a million dollars, you know. We got like a PowerPoint that's like, you know. And, uh, and it's like, oh, man. And they had every, it was so, anyway, after about six months, seven months, the, the lead pastor, um, who was 29, 30, he left. And he was two, door, two streets over. His mind. I got to know him as a neighbor. And he was the, you know, he was the guy you want to be when you grow up. You know, he had, like, the cool tattoos and, like, the watches and the glass. I mean, he was just like, this guy is awesome. You know, he just did, like, all the, like, stream sports. You know, it's like, man, my kids think I'm so boring. And, like, and he's just awesome. And he starts coming to our church. He, he doesn't come to church. He starts coming to our church. He was down the street at church planning. Um, they, had some, they had some issues. They had, uh, they started doing some, like, kind of gimmicky stuff, like, Get a gift card if you bring a friend to church, kind of stuff, and it was kind of crazy. And he just said, "This is this can't be." It, it, interesting. This guy had no theological training. 
I think he had done a year of Bible college. He's preaching with this big audience, big, big budget. So he starts coming to church, and uh, I was just like, wow, this is great. Him, he's got two, two kids, and his wife is there. And, and uh, I just, I don't want to, I just let him sit. Let him, let him be. Let him enjoy, you know. After a month or two, I said, let's get coffee. And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And he, and he got coffee, and he goes, I just love the church. So well, tell me about it. He's like, well, he said, it's just like, it's, it's, it's just, and don't take this the wrong way, it's just kind of boring. He's like, if you just, like, read the Bible, you pray, I think you call it prayer confession or something, you pray, and then you preach, and then you take the Lord's Supper, and then that's it, you go home. And I'm like, <laughs> what else is there to do, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you, he says, yeah, I mean, he's, and, and, you know, again, I'm not going to name any names, but he, he says, you know, we've got, like, videos that are, like, top-notch. We've got lights, PowerPoint. I mean, we've got, I mean, hand, we give away T-shirts. Like, they got, like, it, he said, uh, on Sunday, he said, I spent all week on all these factors. And they got all these young people, and it's so cool. And, and he said, Sunday morning, I'm thinking, well, it's February. February is the month of love. So he Googles verses on love. And he spends about 30 minutes, and he goes up and talks about love. That's the sermon. Of course, I'm, like, getting nauseous as a Presbyterian. I'm like, I'm like, Where's your exegetical work, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and he said, but you, you just, you know, and I'm like, well, I mean, we don't want to, like, stink on purpose. We want the sound, you know, we want the, we want the PowerPoint to be still. Like, we can get better at that. Like, our coffee doesn't have to be Folgers. We can get something, you know, like we can uh, upgrade, you know. But it was so encouraging from someone that was in it, right, that, like, that's what, it, I think the young, young people, like, we've dumbed it down, but they, like, we can't do Hollywood like Hollywood, right? Like, and, and again, I, there's churches that do the, you know, the movie series or whatever. That's fine. There, there's things that are helpful. Visuals are helpful. I'm not against all that. But, like, we've tried to entertain us, them. Like, they just want, they just want the gospel. They just want, they're just beggars that want bread. Like, we just want it. We just need something substantive. They, they know struggle, too. We know struggle. We need something to speak to the struggle, to the need, to the brokenness. The glitz and glam, they can watch a movie. Netflix has got a billion, $9.99 a month, whatever it is. It's more than that now, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Stay boring. Last thing, I know I've got to go. Um, uh, the, 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 real, the real deal is, is uh, we're, we're about, um, and I know this is what you do. I mean, we're, we're a church because it's about communion with God. Like, isn't that what we need? You know? Um, you know, the, the, the quote that says the, uh, you know, the man that goes to the brothel, you know, is looking for God. You know that, that quote? Chesterton does it. Someone else said it. I don't know. You know, we, we're all looking for it. We just, and so be a place that's ordinary. <laughs> that just, you know, we get in the, we get in the service we sing, and it's like, we're, it's like we're there. Some of us come encouraged, and some of us come just terrible week, and we're afraid, and our kids, and money, and struggles. And so we just sing these words of life to each other. It's like we're singing. Like, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. And then we go confess, and the confession's the weirdest thing. We try to explain it to non-Christians. We stand up, and someone leads us talking about the worst parts of ourselves. Isn't that interesting? Well, let's go talk about the broken parts. And so we just name it. 
and there's a humility, and, and we're saying it for us, but it's true for you, and it's true for you. And we'll say, you pray privately about your own stuff. And then they pray about their own struggles and sins. And then we pray corporately about all the ways together we've missed it and we've fallen. And then, and then we're forced to like throw ourselves in mercy upon Jesus. Like he's all we got, right? He's all we got. And so keep, our church is like, it's, it's not fancy and we're, not, we're doing a lot of things poorly. Um, it's like make it about communion with God. That's what the world needs. That's what we need individually. That's what my anxiety rises and I feel it. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and all the lists of fears. The only thing that assuages that is that I belong to Jesus. I'm his son. He loves me. You know, in him all is well. And then corporately do the same thing. Tell the story. Receive the the gospel. Receive the sacraments. Eat, drink together together. Make it about communion with God. I know that's what this church is about. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, those are things we're learning. Those are things we're trying to do. Um, we're not, we're not, we don't have the corner market. There's no book coming out or anything. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's what church playing, I think that's what church is about, isn't it? Community of people struggling together telling the story over and over and over again and uh, trusting that God will, will make us uh, more and more beautiful as his bride. So I was going to have time for Q&A, but I'm officially done, I think. So let me pray for us. And then thank you all for having, having us. Jesus, thank you for uh, this church. What a, what a beautiful group. Um, I know it's been so uh, passionate about missions for so long. That they here in the city, but around the world, and thank you that they've partnered with us and and have been on our team and have prayed. Poor Judy has sent me so many emails, making up prayer <laughs> prayer requests because she constantly wants to know, and I'm so thankful, so thankful, thankful for this church, thankful for the support, thankful for the pastors, Joel, David, Sean joining in, and just thankful for the work they're doing. Would you continue to fan the flame, the spirit they have? They would be just radically ordinary, <laughs> committed to the, the gospel and the life it gives in the church with one another and then as they, they love in their community. Lord, we thank you. Bless us as we come to worship. May we tell each other the story again. May we be realigned to the good news. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here. I don't know. I normally have a watch on. I was. I wasn't no, sure how I was doing. So. Yeah. Hey. I really wish your wife was here. I know. I feel like I need to be here since we both had babies. Yes. Very unexpectedly. Yes. Well, she was. I told you she was planning to come as of yesterday. And it was like uh, last night. She's like, our house is also being renovated. And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, just stay. We have church tonight. We haven't been there in five weeks. I'm